You're listening to The Classroom Collaborative Podcast with your hosts, Dee Dee Wills Ed Brock And Adam Peterson Here we go We're so glad you're here Let's get started All right, welcome back to the show, everyone I'm Adam Peterson Hey, I'm Dee Dee Wills We're, we're still in person This is so fun Like, I know I don't know if you can tell in my voice that we've been presenting for two days Yeah <laughs> I don't it, know if my mic wasn't on or what, but I, I sound terrible yeah, I know. At, at the end of a couple of days, it does it sort of drag behind you. Yeah. It's like you've been at a concert or something, right? <laughs> Screaming a, to teachers. A re, a, like a rager or something. I don't even know what that is. What am I that's, saying? That's not me, me at all. <laughs> we are still in New Jersey, getting ready to head home today. Yeah. So, um, so we thought we'd knock out some time over together to have a face-to-face conversation yeah. live in person. Um we got some funny looks. I had microphones set up in my presenting room and teachers like, what are you doing up there? And I was like, we're going to record a podcast. And like, can we come listen? And I was like, do you really want to listen to us talk again? Go eat your lunch. Like, yeah, the eat te- your lunch in. Yeah, the teachers have been awesome though. Yeah, it's-, it's been a really great two days so far. We have a, I have two more sessions. I know you're trying to get ahead of the weather, so am, you're going to yeah. head out, which makes me sad. But um, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. Great it's, people here. It's been a great one, yeah. I think there's like 600 teachers between the two conferences, wow. pre-KK. So yeah, it's, it, it's been a bigger one for us and awesome group, awesome presenters. Right. Having right. a blast with SDE. So we thought we'd continue our discussion on literacy. We yeah. had Melissa on. I hope you all enjoyed that episode. Well, I know, Didi, I know you thought so too, but we, she was phenomenal. She it was, was so wonderful. Fun. It was wonderful. And, you know, we, we always get together before, you know, we actually hit the record button to have a couple of... Ch- you know, chatting sessions. And, um, I wish we had recorded everything because, (laughs) um, it was, we just had some great, um, I don't know, exchanges. Well, I think the thing in listeners, you heard it, like she's just so easy to to talk to. There's, there's not a lot of thinking that she needs. Like she's so passionate about this. Right. She doesn't have to think about it. She just lets her heart kind of flow and and lead the discussion on on literacy. Um, this is off topic, but in the room I'm presenting in, I think it's a wedding reception room, probably uh-huh. like a ballroom. And there's a stain on that wall. I know. It looks like a person. Oh my Do you gosh, see that? Kinda de- oh, it does. That's creepy. I just, I've been in here two days and I just noticed that because I'm yeah. staring at it. Uh, listeners, just imagine like the whole, you know, like people see like the Mother Mary, <laughs> like stains on the wall. It's something, but it's not, it's not the Virgin Mary. I Some, don't know what that is. Something in your grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. You know, you're like, this is a sign. This is a sign. No, okay, that's, let's, that's a party gone wrong. That's what that is. Yeah. yeah. So let's, let's go. What are we going to talk about today? Not, not stains on the wall. What are we going to talk uh, about? We're going to talk about um, going back to bil- balanced literacy and we're going to talk about phonemic awareness. So... Um, if you're kindergarten, first grade, we know that kindergarten, um, that's our jam, right? Phonemic awareness is our jam. But when, when we get to um, like second grade or third grade, that's something that doesn't show up in the standards. So the assumption is that by the time they get to second grade or third grade, that should be well under their belt. And the students should be really proficient with um, their phonemic awareness skills. So that's something that um, I think, um, and I know that a lot of teachers out there agree with me, a lot of experts agree with me, that, um, well, they don't agree with me. I agree with them. I mean, they're the experts. I just listen to what they say. Let me just, just let me just back up here, because that sounds I like they... I can see your wheels turning. I know. The experts agree. Oh, oh wait yeah. a minute. That's, no. <laughs> I, what I believe is backed up by what the experts say is probably what I should say. Um, is that that's where we should really be spending our time um, in instruction. Our energy in instruction is that phonemic awareness, uh, in addition to phonics, but also phonemic awareness. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I guess Melissa, we kind of touched on it. The episode with Melissa touched on this and this and this and this. And mm-hmm. we've kind of talked about sight words and phonics and now this. Right. And um, I know the name, I don't think a lot of people at our level here is Hegarty when it comes to uh-huh. phonemic awareness. That's yeah. what we used. Um, what kind of stuff have you been familiar with when it comes to phonemic awareness? Have you, have you followed yeah. curriculums like that? Um, um, or what's what's it looking like right. we need to go so, towards? I think that's um, where this discussion should go. Like right. what's so, being used, right. what's the research saying, what, what right. what's coming, you know? Well, we want to have some, some systematic phonemic awareness activities. Again, we have to make sure, um, you know, sometimes we as teachers get attracted to the newest thing, right? And we kind of go towards what, what the newest thing is. So we, we need to have whatever program we, we do adopt or use, we need to make sure that it's systematic, um, and also spirally reviewed. So we want to make sure, because not everybody steps into those skills at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been spending a lot of time with my favorite book right now, um, Wiley Blevins' book, A Fresh Look at Phonics. Um, and he was really talking about not every skill has the same value in the phonemic awareness um, arena. You know, we know, um, we know that rhyming is a phonemic awareness skill, identifying rhymes and then producing rhymes. And then we know syllabication is also a skill. Um, but when we, when we look at the, the value of each of those, um, there are some that hold a, a more important role than others in the acquisition of reading. So um, a couple that he really touched on in his book was the idea of um, segmenting and blending sounds. So that's really the essence of reading, right? Um, when we know what the sounds... Um, the letters, what sounds those letters make, can we put them together and can we take them apart? And so that helps with our encoding and decoding. Um, and so he really touches on those are those lessons that you're going to want to build into your routine. So uh, maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you work on segmenting. Um, and I'm not talking like a, like a long period of time. You definitely want to do your, um, you definitely want to do whatever program that your, your school is um, asking you to do. Um, but as a routine, you're going to want to um, spend some two minutes, three minutes on segmenting, maybe Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then blending Tuesday, Thursday, or something like that. And then as your year goes on, you're going to want to um, perhaps swap that so that now we're going to be um, – you know, segmenting versus blending or something like that. And I think I just said this. I think I said the same thing twice, but I hopefully you people can talk Didi. You understand you're fluent in Didi <laughs> and you can flip that around. So it makes sense. <laughs> no, that helps for someone who was getting like honked at in traffic. Now they're hearing the second version of it, right? There like, you go. There didn't you go. catch like, the first wait, time I think that's what she or said, they lost the signal well, on their phone. Know. I um, yeah, I think that's an interesting point because I know from stuff I've used and I'll wholeheartedly admit that, 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 that I'm, I'm not saying what I did was right. Or I followed curriculums at one point that maybe don't follow that suit that, you know, I taught what was told to be taught at this time. Mm-hmm. And I added those things to my routine and my calendar time. I know you, um, I think you and Deanna did it together. Your building skills. Is that both of you? Yeah. 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 I started using that and realizing that I think I heard you talk about it and say, like, uh-huh. if you're doing the same thing in, in May that you're doing in August in your calendar, something's not going right. Like, yeah. you got to change. Right. So that's when I started adding in segmenting and blending and, and all that in. But for the longest time, I was following the routine of, all right, now it's time to start teaching segmenting. Now it's time to start teaching blending. Right. 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 And I think what you're saying and what everybody's pointing towards is that earlier is better than later. And why not yes. just make it a part of your routine? Don't make wait it part until of the routine. right. Kind of like and with with math. I think um, if my kids are ready to start counting by twos, I'm not going to wait until the chapter of math tells me to start counting by twos. Why right. not in the morning when you're counting to 100, you try doing right. it by twos, you know, so it's as simple as that. And in your classroom, if you're if you're devoting a quick moment in time. Yes. Um, to it. And you have, you know, 20 students and 12 of them can get that in that little routine. 
um, today and tomorrow 13 can get it, then that's how you, that's how you can kind of build upon it. One of the things that he's recommending is incorporating um, blending as like a warm-up to your phonics lesson or segmenting as a warm-up to your phonics lesson. So uh, before you start the phonics lesson, maybe spend a few moments working on those those segmenting or blending skills. And even though, you know, the die-hard definition of phonemic awareness is, is just the listening without any type of visual cues, he said, add those in there because that's something that will also help for some students that might also help them. So he recommends, you know, doing some blending segmenting without visual cues and then adding those letters when you're confident that they know those letters. I mean, don't lead with the letters, right? But when you know that they um, can identify the majority of their letters, then incorporate that also. Well, and, and there's something to be said about when you say the, a quick little like boom introduction of it or yeah. using your time wisely too. Like I right. know that because if we, like you said, that the true version of it is only sounds, you don't right. need materials right. to teach phonemic awareness. So I, I would catch myself like when you're waiting in lunch line or waiting to go outside, right. just shout out some, you know, give me a, or tell the kids like, you know, uh, at and have them shout the word. Right. At, right. Huh, right. At. Right. And those things can be done anywhere in the classroom. Like you have right. all these little breaks in your day where transitions happen. Why not use those right. transitions to teach a skill that you don't need a, a bulletin board or a, a chalkboard right. to do? Right. I you said chalkboard. Our chalkboards are so used anymore. I'm the old one. Wait a minute. Chalkboard. <laughs> Some of our listeners are when going, well, what? A slate. A slate. slate and a flint Dip your or whatever they call it. pin in. My fountain pin in. Yeah. Um, so, yes, a lot of those are things that you can do as you're waiting in the lunch line or you're lining up at recess time right. or any of those times, those little seconds that you have. Um, and if you're in the classroom and you're doing it in a, you know, in a purposeful way, you're, you're starting off your um, phonics lesson, Again, it's going to be quick. You know, mm -hmm. we're not going to blend 27 words. We're going to just do two or three today because tomorrow we're going to do it again and we're going to do it again and right. again. And then, of course, one of the things that you and I talked about in a previous episode is to remember your sight words and to use those sight words as part of your blending. So if big is on your sight word list, why not blend and segment big mm -hmm. routinely each week so that that's one way that they can learn that. Um, there's a whole bunch of words on the sight word list that are decodable that are two phonemes, three phonemes, or maybe even four phoneme words that can be used. So at the beginning of the year, maybe you're doing two phoneme words, maybe around Christmas you're doing two, uh, three phoneme words, and then you can do um, some of those blends, um, consonant blends or clusters later in the year, like the word must or, or just or some of those. Um, it's just a, another way to kind of approach um, those things that we thought students just need to memorize and instead um, they need to learn it and decode it mm -hmm. and then make it automatic. Well, I, I love, I still think about the episode that you said that using the sight words because I was like, duh, like why not? Like why are we just yeah. focusing on what the, whatever curriculum you're using tells you to do? You know, if it's a, if it's a right. say and repeat, catch and repeat type thing. Right. Um, and I know, shameless plug, in my book, I talk about this a lot. <laughs> shameless plug. Here it comes. Brace um, yourself. <laughs> no, what I book is that, Adam? I don't know. I think it's called Teach, Play, Learn by Adam oh Peterson, coming out from Dave Burgess Consulting. <laughs> I hadn't heard anything about that. <laughs> going to be April 2020, I think. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. At 7 a.m. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag Teach, Play, Learn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, but one thing I say there a lot, we've used this quote quite a bit on our podcast, is it's not always about what you teach, but how you teach it that makes yeah. the difference. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said about that. Like, just because your curriculum tells you to be blending at words or an words or it words, right. it's not about teaching those words that the skill is. Those words have nothing to do with the phoenix awareness skill. Right. It's right. the sounds and the skill of blending and segmenting right. words 
that's right. important. So using your sight words and then tying those words so the kids are seeing those as words to be read is it just makes sense. Right. Yeah, but no, I think that I think that um, and one of the things that I think I really love about um, there's a lot of things I don't like about the internet. I'm not going to lie. Um, but one of the things I do like about it is that you can get a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. And so um, if you are if you're curious um, about something that you're kind of struggling with, oftentimes Google has some great places where you can go to find some research. Now, I, and I said this before, you can find research to support whatever position you right. you want to have you want to have supported. We can always find those things that back up our 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 biases or beliefs um but i think that the important part is that we look at things with a critical eye mm -hmm. and make sure that we are checking their source i right? like that yeah yeah um i, I wanted to say this too and, and um dd and i get nothing for telling you about this it's not like we get commission from our friends for talking about their products but when you're thinking about ways to to now turn your kids over. I mean, we've taught them for new awareness. We review it, review, review, but when we right. want them just doing, and I talk, we both talk about it a lot, the kids yeah. learn by doing, you know? Right. Our two very good friends, Deanna Jump and Kim Adsit, have an awesome, awesome unit called Centers Made Easy. Uh -huh. and, and I don't know if you used it, if it was probably out after you were in the classroom, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I used it in my classroom. I love it. I believe it's in Deanna's store on TPT, right. Centers Made Easy. Yes. And what Deanna and Kim have done, I've put together nine months worth of units covering everything we've talked about over these last few episodes, uh, word work, alphabet, phonemic awareness, uh -huh. writing, reading. Um, but as you were talking about some of the skills you've been reading about in this book, skills uh -huh. to teach and, and everything that teach and reading, all I kept seeing in my head as we're sitting here are my students doing those activities in these, you know, clip art type cards and games and stuff. Right. So right. a tool to reteach what I've taught. So uh -huh. Didi and I have talked a lot and I know Melissa talked about too, the, the success of small groups. So if you're someone who runs small groups, and I think we need to come back and do a whole episode on how to set Absolutely. up small groups and how we Absolutely. do it. But um, that product, it, it changed the way I run my ELA stations because it really retaught everything that I had exposed my kids to, you know? So, right. So it's that overlearning. We want to make sure we give them those opportunities. And it was all just hands-on, you know? Like yeah. they were they were building puzzles and building words and, and doing phonemic awareness activities without much guidance from me at all. And That's it was awesome. so cool to see. And whatever product you decide to use, but right. Um, right. to see it, in action right. was it was really cool to know that it was right. working and when you can see those things happen because sometimes if we're just doing the catch and repeat of you know act sounded together for right. you know like you've got some right. kids who, who are so far beyond it we've talked about this before some kids are so far beyond some kids who are just soaking all in and some kids like, are like staring at the lunch. necklace you're wearing yeah like, yeah. like yeah. why did you say bat is there a bat in here why did you say <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> or they're like running their hand up and down your leg and says your oh leg gosh. is so prickly like, oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I had a little girl one time. This tune out now if you did get offended. It's not offensive, but uh, this little girl came up to me one time. And I was like reading a book she had written, or it was like my first year teaching. Uh -huh. And she goes, "Mr. P, can you read this for me?" And I'm, I'm sitting there with her, and she slowly starts rubbing my arm. Like you know oh, how they do, they rub your yes. hands and your clothes and your shoes. And she goes, "You got hairy arms, Mr. P." And I said, <laughs> "Yes, sweetheart." Thanks for that. She goes, "Just like my mama's legs." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and apparently Mrs. Wills. I'll well. never forget that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So yeah, I know I need to write a, I need to write a book of all the funny things kids say. We could just, have. It's a constant, it's a constant party, constant party of them. The other thing that I was going to mention is when we look at the graph of students who um, are falling behind and when we look at students who, uh, one of the things that we're noticing, not we, but the experts, and I'm, I'm like looking over the shoulder, <laughs> is that um, students, when they get to the third grade, they're starting to, to 
flatline and not progress. And when you start to look at their skills, the one skill that seems to be seriously lacking is their phonemic awareness skills. And so if that's one of the reasons why we need to know what our students know. Assessment's so important. What do they know? What do they need to know? Um, and students who have a language processing differences, sometimes that phonemic awareness skill is one that is suffering. So. Um, you can't read without it. Right. You cannot read without it. So you absolutely have to foster that. And um, our best effort for doing that is in kindergarten. And one of the things that he was saying is that for a regular, I won't say regular student, but for an average student, they may need to have eight or nine exposures to a skill for, mm -hmm. in order for them to grasp that skill. And then they'll have repeated skills needed in order for them to master it, exposure. But for students who have a language processing differences, um, they might need to see it a hundred times. One of the things that I used to think is that I would just implement an intervention and then track it for two to three weeks and see the progress. And if it wasn't working, try a new one. But what I'm hearing is if it's a really solid intervention that you feel like this should, this should work because we're going to do repeated practice, you may need to practice it even beyond a two to three week period in order for a student to grasp that. So to not give up. Now, I, I think your, your point, Didi, about... Um, Intervention is going to take longer periods of time, shorter periods of time, depending on the kid, right? Yes. Um, we, I think one thing to remember too, and I keep saying this, but we got to come back and do a small group success episode, how to set it up and yes. what works for us. Yes. Because I found that regard, I did use Hegarty, and I thought uh -huh. it was great. My yes. kids, my kids bought into it big time. It was fun to teach because there's all the hand motions, and we made it, right. which made it fun, you know. Yeah. But it was one of those things that I didn't just stop with that 20 minute lesson that day. Right. Because like we said, some didn't need it. They were gone so far beyond those little right. skills. Right. And they were just soaking it in. Some were really eating it up for all it was worth. And then the ones that I could tell who were having fun, you know, putting their hands together, making the roller coaster motion yeah. or whatever, but not really quite getting it. Then I just took Hegarty to my small group with them too. And right. That and might, gave them just more time. Yeah. So some people just need more time. I think regardless of an intervention program you use or a full class or right. supplemental or whatever it may be, just, right. just be an open-minded teacher that... Mm -hmm it's not going to work the same way for every single one of your students, regardless of the most phenomenal teacher you are. We're all great right. teachers, but we have such, I mean, that's, that's what makes our job so stinking hard is we deal with children that are five years old or mm -hmm. six or seven, whatever age to each, who all come from different backgrounds and all have different personalities and states of mind and especially different academic levels. So right, right. I love that you mentioned the time period because it is going to change and you have to be willing to change. Right. We got to We got to definitely change. And one other thing I was going to say along that along that line, because I was just having a conversation with a lovely lady in the room the other uh, during my session. So in the other room is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> in the room during the other. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys. It's been a long two yeah. Days. When you when you talk um, for two days, sometimes the words just start coming out in like whatever order they do. <laughs> it's like and the it, faucet's like, just leaking. <laughs> yeah, just leaking. Um, but I was talking to her and we were talking about what a mini lesson really is. Um, and so we, we were talking about sometimes, sometimes we get to the end of the day. This is something that we have to think about and ask ourselves, what did I teach or did I teach my class or did I just manage my class? Cause some days we just manage, That's our, a good thought. right? We just manage our class. And so, um, hopefully we get away from that. It's not about managing. It's about teaching. And so we should be able to say at the beginning of whatever lesson today, I'm going to show you how. And it needs to be really explicit. It needs to be in a sentence. I'm going to show you how to put sounds together um, to, to, to say a word. Mm -hmm. and Or I'm going to show you how to take a word apart by their sounds that we hear. 
um, or we're going to practice today. Yesterday we did it. We're going to do it again today. Remember, we are practicing doing X, Y, Z. Make it very explicit versus um, now it's time for us to have fun with, you know, whoever, whoever, whatever we call that activity. Um, we just want to make sure you're going to learn or we're going to practice what we've already learned today. I don't know if um, we, we had an administrator come in um, and she's phenomenal. She doesn't teach our school anymore, but I, I was one of those teachers who like... I, I, I'm I'm all about change, like when it's necessary, and I love it. But I'm also I, I'm not so much anymore. But I was very hard headed for a while until I learned that I shouldn't what? be. Yeah, what oh, are you talking what? about? Everybody that's listening that knows me, if they they're like, yep. But uh, <laughs> I I remember her coming in and telling us that kind of thing. Like, I want you to be very explicit in your I can statements. Like she wasn't mm -hmm. she didn't make us post them, which right. the kids weren't reading them anyway in kindergarten. But right. she goes, I want you to count like every one of your lessons. How many like you know like during the week? How many times you say, all right, boys and girls, at the end of this lesson you're going to be able to say, I, and I was like, oh, geez, I'm not doing that. Like, what's the point? But I started and my kids got, my kids were so excited about it because like, yeah. oh my gosh, Mr. P, I can do it. Like you told me I was going to be able to say it and now I can. And I think, and now I can. I'm not saying it should be scripted in every lesson say, all right, right, boys and girls, at the end of this lesson, you can say, but when we use our own personality, our own language and our own right. way of doing that thing, right? Um, what you just said and being explicit about it can, can mm -hmm. be done very easily and it'll just seem natural to you and the kids. Right all while getting the point across. Well, and it's a habit that we have to get into. Um, and it's, it's, an easy, it's easy to, to have bad habits. It's, it's harder to have good habits. And so, you know, you said it doesn't need to be posted, but maybe during your first, you know, three or four weeks of practicing this, maybe it does need to be posted for you. Maybe because you, you want to, you're not going to be perfect the first couple of days. You're going to forget that part, right? And so if you see it, you're going to be like, okay, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. I need to make sure I do that. Um, and so then you, then you become, a, it becomes a permanent part of your um, lesson makeup. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, where do we go from here? I don't know. What, I think we're going to eat some lunch. I always feel like we're going to eat some lunch, but yeah, I, I think we've tried to end these literacy episodes with, all right, here's what you need to go do, teachers. Um, right. We've been mentioning scope, scope and sequence. We've mentioned following right. the people that are, you know, kind of changing the world. See what your school's doing. Obviously, do what you're supposed to be doing in your right. school. But. I think the big the big takeaway that you probably want to work on is make sure that you concretely know which of these skills your students have, because right now is a great time. You have a nice chunk of time towards the end of the year to work on those. So figure out what your students know and what they don't know and start forming your small groups around those so that you can really hammer in. I don't want to say hammer in, but reinforce you know, beat them. No, um, you want to really reinforce those skills, right? And you want to give them lots of extra practice and just bring those into your small group. And I'm not saying you're going to spend 20 minutes on segmenting. I wouldn't do that. I would spend three minutes on segmenting as a warm up for your whole small group activity. Um, and then it, lots of little doses are better than one big chunk of time. Mm -hmm. well, so, and you mentioned nearing the end of the year. I, yeah. I think we kind of talked about this before, but we can throw it in right now is that um, with spring break approaching for a lot of you, not that we want you to spend your whole spring break focusing on your classroom, but like take right. the break you need. Yes. But now that time after spring break is such a perfect time to try some of these things. Like, like right. try putting this in your small group. If you're not doing small groups, try small groups because you're so far past the way of getting your kids in a routine and managing right. them. They know right. the rules. They know the routines. They know right. how your classroom works. Now's the time to try some new things to see if those things actually work so that you can use them next year. 
you know, yes. and, and throw them yes. in. I always did that at this time of year. I would, I would try things that I wanted to do next year Yes. with my students now because I yes. didn't have to focus on behaviors, routines. Yes. It was just a group of kids that knew how our room worked. And I could say, here, try this. And I could see if that thing worked, not worrying about whether or not they work. Right. You know? And I think that um, I've always been guilty of over the summer of thinking all these new things I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you, you get into these <laughs> habits of the way you used to do it. So if you can build some habits now... Yep. Like you said, first of all, you'll see if it works, but also you can build your habits as the um, teacher now so that when you start the year, you're like, okay, I already know how to work out these wrinkles or I know right. that I know the language that I'm going to use. Um, and so it, it will make the beginning of your year perhaps a little bit easier for you. Well, that's a good spot to end. All right, let's like do that. it. Well, we'll be back with with more episodes. I think we've kind of covered a lot of literacy. Obviously, there's going to still be discussion about literacy and balanced literacy. Absolutely. Um, When we do that episode on small group success, I I think we'll throw a lot in there on literacy as well. But uh, we need to eat lunch, and you guys need to go to school. So thank you for listening. We appreciate Uh, it. Yes. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Classroom Collaborative Podcast. If you are enjoying these episodes, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you are finding them. And share and rate it so others can find it as well. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye.